Welcome to Deal of the Week, Bloomberg's podcast on the world of mergers and acquisitions. I'm your host, Alex Sherman. Another big Bloomberg deal scoop is this week's Deal of the Week. PPG Industries, the world's largest coatings company. That's a company that makes paint and glass in English and layman's terms. Wants to buy Dutch rival Axo Nobel. This would be a $24 billion deal. But Axo Nobel doesn't want to do it. And now the fight is on to see if a deal will actually get done. Bloomberg M&A reporter Ed Hammond broke the initial story of PPG's interest earlier this month. And then more recently, a second story that PPG was preparing a sweetened offer for Axo, which has also been subsequently rejected. He joins us now in studio. Ed, welcome back to Deal of the Week. Good to be here. Thank you for joining us. Let's start with the basics here. What exactly are PPG and Axo Nobel? Well, I, I sort of turn to their own language for this. So <clears throat> according to PPG, uh, they say we protect and beautify the world. And according to AXO, they say we create everyday essentials to make people's lives more livable and inspiring. But uh, I I protect and beautify the world as well. Indeed, as do I. And I also hope I create everyday essentials to make people's lives more livable and inspiring. I certainly don't do that. Um, I think in, in our language, they make paint. Uh, probably the best known brands uh, or the best known brand among the two companies is Dulux, which is a very, very big paint brand in Europe. Um, a lot of people use that when they're decorating their homes. Um, they also do some more, I suppose, specific industrial coatings like uh, coatings for fiberglass. Um, they do some glass works. And then AXO has this specialty chemicals business, which provides all kinds of very um, sort of high level chemicals that would be used in industrial applications and also in the paint industry. But I, I think in, in the broadest sense, it's, it's easy to think of them as paint companies. So what's the general argument that this would be a stronger company together? Well, PPG have put forward a fairly detailed argument or detailed arguments, I should say, for why these two businesses work together. Some of them are the very obvious reasons, like, you know, you would have better R&D capability. It's a very large, very competitive marketplace globally, the paint industry, and just having that increased scale um, would give them huge benefits, they say, and, and obviously economies. Uh, then there are some more uh, potentially contentious issues uh, of or contentious benefits. I, you know, they say there would be a better management team to run the whole, which is kind of a swiper access management team saying that they would obviously be less good. They also PPG outline, and this is interesting. We'll come back to it. This this area of cultural fit. They say these two firms work very well culturally together. And to illustrate this point, they say that they have they previously did buy uh, Axon Nobel's North American uh, paints business, and that, that has been a very successful integration. So they have some history of, of integrating that's, with this firm. That's interesting because Axon Nobel is a Dutch company, and PPG stands for Pittsburgh Paint Glass. Uh, so, so on the surface... I'm not sure I would think that that would be a good cultural fit. I agree. You don't get a much more sort of middle American name than that, do you? I think there are some issues around the cultural fit. Certainly, AXO has come out swinging on this. And, and you know, when, when we spoke to them and spoke to management the other day, one of their main concerns was that culturally these businesses just did not work. Um, they feel that they are uh, they have a very different priority group, uh, particularly in regards to their employees. They feel that their sort of focus on sustainability is at odds with PPGs. And they also think that, you know, just the sort of the cross-border issues of, as you say, this big American company, this big Dutch company um, are are going to be issues. PPG, to, to their credit, have, have outlined, look, we have a huge employer employee base in the Netherlands. I think they employ about a thousand people already in the Netherlands. They have plants and manufacturing capabilities there. They have a very, very big employee base in Europe. Generally, I think it's sort of 14,000 or so. So, you know, th th this is not 
complete unknown territory for them. And obviously, as I say, they have done a merger with uh, AXO before in regards to the North American business. So there is some understanding between these two companies. So you laid out some potential cultural issues that may be issues or may not be. But broadly speaking, why is AXO resisting so hard on this? So they've gone for the kind of what I would call a set menu of takeover defenses, um, not least of which is the cultural differences, which we just discussed. They've also come out and said this doesn't create nearly enough value. They've said there is a lot of antitrust risk, which is an, an area of some debate. I think there is, um, from, certainly from what I've read from the analysts, a fair amount of antitrust risk. But obviously, PPG feel that that is a surmountable issue. Um and then AXA, for their part, also say, look, we are the better management. We are best positioned to run this company most effectively for shareholder value. The other thing they've done, which is very interesting, is they came out the day after they, um, the day after our story on, on the original PPG offer, AXA came out and said, well, look, we acknowledge that we've received an offer, but we are behind the scenes have been working on our own plan to actually split this company into two very distinct businesses and sort of spin off and separate this specialty chemicals business, which is a very big business, uh, and then run the remaining piece as a standalone company. And do you, do you believe that that's true? Or do you think that that was just invented as a defense? I think it's true. I think it would be very unusual for them to kind of overnight come up with that as a takeover. Right, too rush. It's it, too rush. And also, it, you, you need on something like that, you actually need to be really in the weeds on the detail in terms of why you're doing it, why it works, why it creates more value for shareholders over the long time. I think to stitch together something like that and just throw it out there would be rash in the extreme. So there's um, a weird thing uh, with Axo Novell, and I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce this right. Is it a, a stickting? Stickting. Is that the? Is that what it's yeah, called? Yeah, you could probably spin it with a more Dutch accent, but yeah, that, I think that a is a stickting. Stickting. So what this is is it's like a, it's a anti takeover measure. It's sort of like a I don't know. Like it's a well, it's Dutch for foundation. So so think of it in that sense. It's it it it's not a poison pill. It's um. It's essentially a foundation that is in this case it it, it can exist for various reasons, um, but in this case it's essentially to protect. AXO against a hostile takeover or protect the interest of the companies and management's ability to execute in the best interest of the company um, from hostile takeover or potentially from an activist investor. Um, and, and the stick thing here is is interesting because they essentially reserve the right to nominate in, in, in extraordinary circumstances, which obviously a hostile would be, they reserve the right to nominate the board members for the supervisory board and the management board of this company, basically meaning that shareholders can vote on who the board members are, but the only nominees are going to be ones chosen by the shtickting. So that sounds like a pretty robust defense. So why would PPG go after a company like this hostily when it sounds like chances are uh, very difficult that, that they will actually succeed here? Do they have some other strategy? I, I think it, it is difficult that it would succeed, which is why they are being reluctant to go full hostile at the moment. They're obviously at the, their language at the moment is very much like we want you, AXO, to engage with us. We've, we've made an offer. We've made an improved offer. They actually said in making an improved offer that they still have some room to go, but that they want AXO to engage in conversations first. The other thing that's going on here is some of AXO's largest shareholders, in fact, their, their biggest shareholder, Causeway Capital, which owns uh, sort of six and a half percent of the, the outstanding shares, they have come out and said, look, sit down and talk to these guys. You know, what have you got to lose by actually engaging with them? See what they have to offer. See what 
can be done in terms of putting these two businesses together. And if after all of that, you still decide that your standalone plan is the superior plan for the company, then, you know, maybe we can consider that. And and so that's a nice segue that now we have another player in this discussion too, which is Elliot, right? The activist investor Elliot, which has now inserted themselves into this process and are, and are in fact, pushing for a deal, right? Yeah, so Elliot are a slightly smaller holder. They own just over 3.5% of the outstanding. Um, they have been building this position recently they are pushing for a deal they think it's the best um it's the best outcome here for the company uh and uh, you know they've been very vocal about this as you would expect being an activist investor they also have a view which they published a, a fairly detailed document on yesterday that the shifting here is not as robust as it normally is in in some of these takeover defense obviously we saw a you know it this whole shifting issue really came into play last year with Milan when it was resisting a takeover from Teva um, their argument here is that actually, yes, they can put forward board members, but then the shareholders, as far as I understand it, have the right to call an extraordinary general meeting and essentially knock those board members out. So the Stichting can act to defend the company, but then ultimately the shareholders can act to uh, neutralize the Stichting. And I should point out that Elliott acquired the shares of Axo actually in 2016, so it's not like they just dived in right Very that's recently. correct they well they acquired shares in 2016 and i think they built up their built position up. Yeah. sort of more quite recently so they got over because they were not at the um threshold which is three and a half percent where they had to actually declare an interest but obviously they've now gone over that threshold in the last few weeks and have had to declare an interest so do you feel like there is a path to success for ppg given the there is some shareholder support on that side I think very much so. I I don't think it's going to be easy. AXO continue to resist. But look, from the very, very beginning, AXO shareholders have come out and said, this is something you should be thinking about. This is something you should at least sit down and talk to them about. And in, in, in interestingly, in outlining their own sort of distinct idea for how to unlock value in this business, i.e. splitting the thing up, AXO have kind of put themselves into play because they've kind of said, look, we recognize that this is a suboptimal business the way it's being currently run. And therefore, we're going to explore alternative options. And if you're going to do that, and if you as a management are proactively doing that, you kind of have to also say, well, let's take a look at what the other offer is out there. Um, so I think, yes, there is a path to it. I think it will be difficult. But from what I've heard from some of the people kind of in and around this situation, the uh, the management of PPG, I don't know what the, the Dutch is for bulls, but they have them and I think would be willing to uh, to go the distance on this one. If there is one, I'll try to pronounce it with a Dutch accent. Um, maybe I can just do a quick Google Translate and figure out what the, uh, what the word is. Uh, is there another buyer for AXO? Sherwin I, Williams? Yeah, I think probably not. Sherwin is tied up with its own uh, deal with Valspar, um, and, and obviously that was a significant um, M&A situation for them. So I think they would be kind of sidelined for the moment. There, there has been some speculation at BASF, the very, very large uh, German chemicals group, could potentially come around this and do something. I think more likely would be if, if AXO went ahead with their own plan and split the business, then BASF could potentially emerge as a buyer for that specialty chemical business, I, from what I understand, they are not going to come in and buy the whole. So I think right now it's, you know, PPG is the bidder. I don't think there's much interloper risk here. Um, it's just a question of whether or not they can get AXO to sit down and discuss a deal. Was this a surprise to you at all, Ed? I mean, has that this, had this not, not that you're uh, of spending all of your time in the specialty chemicals uh, world, but uh, had, had any of this stuff sort of come on your radar at all? It was a surprise in as much as these were not names that I had spent any time on prior to uh, to getting this deal. 
But it's not a surprise if you look at what's going on in the broader chemical industry and in particular the specialty chemical industry where you have just seen a ton of, uh, of M&A recently. There's a, there's a lot going on. There's been some pricing pressure which has affected some of these companies. You know, you're seeing uh, whether it's the Dow DuPont merger, uh, we saw much smaller but nonetheless interesting platform um, platform Holdings doing stuff recently where we wrote about its plan to separate its business because it, it feels that it can be more efficient as two distinct companies. Uh, and then obviously you have huge things going on sort of separately but in parallel in the agrichemical space with Syngenta Chem China, with Bayer Monsanto. And so th there is just a lot of, uh, of, of merger activity in the broader chemicals market at the moment. By the way, lef is the, is the Dutch word for guts. I used guts as the... Yeah. I like instead that. of balls. Well, they have left, and let's they say they have that. left, right? Um, is there any chance that Axo could actually buy something else as a defense? Because sometimes you do see that, where where the target company becomes the buyer as sort of a defense mechanism. Yes, um, I think in this case they would struggle for for a couple of obvious reasons. I think they've outlined this this plan that you know they need to you know I hate this word but they need to sort of deconglomerate because they are not efficient being these two distinct businesses so they need to separate out and become something more streamlined so if they then turn around and said well actually hold on guys we're not going to do that we're going to go and buy something else and become an even bigger and even less straightforward conglomerate i think their shareholders very rightly would um, would go nuts and and i think if you throw into that that they have a takeover offer and therefore they would only be doing this or apparently only doing this as a defense mechanism, I think there would be uh, all-out revolt among the shareholders. Right. I know that one company that actually rose on sort of the news that AXO was pushing back on the PPG offer was Axalta, which is another coatings company, a smaller coatings company, which I think uh, investors were looking at as maybe the most obvious target if AXO was going to go down that sort of takeover to defend a bid um, tactic. Yeah, and that was definitely in the, in the sort of the, the two or three days after our story ran. I think the whole sector was up slightly. You actually saw Sherman and Valspar also go up, which was interesting. Um, so I think there was there was a bit of that. There was a bit of just sort of re-rating of the entire sector. But also, as you say, there was this potential that AXO would do it. But then AXO came out very quickly and said, we already have this plan in motion that we're going to do, this split of the business. And actually, they just came out this morning with a bit more detail on that and a bit more detail, particularly around the timing of that. And they, are, they I think they've said April 19th, they're going to come out and give a kind of full explanation of why they're doing it, what the benefits are, and also like how much value they think it's going to create. Because at the moment, they've said that as well as being culturally unsound, too much antitrust risk, bad management, etc., they have said the PPG offer does not reflect the kind of value that they think they can create by separating the businesses. In my experience covering M&A, when I have seen situations like this, because they do happen from time to time, this is not a, a completely unprecedented situation where there's a couple lobbed in uh, unsolicited offers and the, the, the target company has a very strong defense mechanism. In fact, the one that pops in my mind most recently is Hershey. Uh, the end result more or less than the ones that I'm thinking of, tends to be no deal. Do you feel like that's where we're headed here, or do you think this one actually could be a deal? I think Hershey genuinely could say that it makes products that um, make people's lives more livable, certainly my life more livable. Um, I think uh, Hershey's a very unusual example because Hershey's has a structure that is pretty much unique, certainly in the U.S., where it's, it, you know, the, in terms of the foundation that, 
controls it and the foundation that ultimately controls you know the company's ability to sell itself or do lots of other things um and the stick thing is not unique it's common to dutch companies we just don't see it in the united the, states the right? stick thing is common exactly it's common in dutch companies and you you see it coming into play fairly often i think um there is probably a higher chance here of of seeing a deal done uh if only because you know in 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 terms of ppg they obviously are showing a willingness to bump and bump again and bump again whereas uh mondelez you know the, the their bid went public and then they kind of didn't do anything else and also mondelez is a it's a slightly different situation where they um are known to be sort of under pressure themselves as a potential takeover target for any number of people and so it was seen as a defensive move for them and therefore was less likely to be something they really got a huge amount of support for i think ppg are probably a more reasonable buyer here and i also feel that the, the, the certainly from what i've read in terms of what elliot think and what other people in the industry have said uh, there is potentially a path here to even if the stick thing does come into play to get around it so do we have a basic timeline on on how you things play out here I think we're talking weeks, not months, in terms of what happens next. The, the, the next move is going to be very interesting. You know, does PPG sort of put their, you know, whether it's another bump or whether it's their best and final on the table and say to us, so look, this is where we're going to go to and you can either, you know, accept or we're going to walk away. Or do they start going direct to the shareholders and saying, you know, this is the offer we're going around the management? Or I suppose potentially do AXO come under enough pressure from shareholders and, and realize that this is something they need to do and they need to sit down and start talking to PPG, which if that happens, is, there's a high probability we will not know about it unless it leaks. So these deals are always fun to cover um, because there's twists and turns and it's sort of unknown uh, and there's multiple stories along the way uh, for covering. So I'm sure, uh, Ed, you'll be all over this as you have been throughout this entire process. Bloomberg M&A reporter Ed Hammond on the ongoing saga between PPG an Exo Nobel in the world of coatings, my favorite world, paint and glass. What could be more exciting? That's it for this week's Deal of the Week. Once again, you can listen to all of our episodes on iTunes or Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. Uh, and also, please rate and review the show if you're on iTunes. Uh, it helps more people find the show. Also, follow me on Twitter at Sherman4949. Ed, where can people find you on Twitter? At Ed Hammond NY. See you next week.